Hey, Unchained listeners. As you know, it's hard keeping up with the fast-paced world of crypto, so we've got just the thing for you. Subscribe to our free Unchained daily newsletter at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. You'll get the latest crypto news and original articles from our reporters, as well as summaries of other happenings and bullet points, plus our meme of the day, all curated and written by our amazing team. It's still your no-hype resource for all things crypto, just in newsletter form. Sign up at unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Again, the URL is unchainedcrypto.substack.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unconfirmed, the show that reveals how the marquee names in crypto are reacting to the week's top headlines and gets the inside scoop on what they see on the horizon. I'm your host, Laura Shin, a journalist with over two decades of experience. I started covering crypto six years ago, and as a senior editor at Forbes, was the first mainstream media reporter to cover cryptocurrency full-time. This is the November 26th episode of Unconfirmed. My book, The Cryptopians, Idealism, Greed, Lies, and the Making of the First Big Cryptocurrency Craze is available for pre-order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Bookshop.org, or any of your other favorite bookstores. Go to bit.ly slash cryptopians. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash C-R-Y-P-T-O-P-I-A-N-S. And pre-order today. With the Crypto.com app, you can buy, earn, and spend crypto in one place. Download and get $25 with the code LAURA, link in the description. Tired of your exchange taking 25% of your staking profits? The Avado blockchain computer allows you to stake Ethereum and other crypto at home and keep 100% of the rewards. Go to ava.do. Wish you could earn crypto but don't want to spend thousands on hardware? Just download the Nodal Cash app on your smartphone. Visit nodal.io slash unconfirmed. That's N-O-D-L-E dot I-O slash unconfirmed to start earning nodal cash today. Just a heads up before we begin, everyone, since this episode will come out the day after Thanksgiving, there will not be a news recap. However, I'm happy to announce that today's guest is a really fun one, Marin Altman, astrologer and crypto trader. Welcome, Marin. Thank you. Thank you, Laura. So Marin, for listeners who don't happen to know who you are already, why don't you explain what it is that you do? So I am an astrologer and I happen to pick up the study of the correlation between planetary alignments and earthly events at a young age and never really stopped studying that throughout my life, going from studying personal astrology to preferring long-term world cycles and then finding finance when I was a philosophy student uh, in college a few years ago. And when I found finance uh, about a year and a half ago, yes, I'm pretty new to this in the context of other uh, other things. Uh, but I found finance about a year and a half ago and immediately found crypto when it was the March 2020 crash. I saw inefficiencies in the banking system. I saw market manipulation. And immediately the philosophy side of me coupled with the pattern recognition side of me that loved astrology kind of fell into crypto trading and investing. So right now I am actively trading and investing in crypto markets. I do use astrology as part of the fundamental analysis that I do along with technical analysis to execute trades. And I share that online, mostly on TikTok. And why crypto as opposed to other asset classes? For one, it's more exciting. Uh, I get fucking bored of everything else. So like if I just look at traditional stocks now, it's it's uh, I, 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 I like percentage move, like less than 1%, like it's 
I don't know how to trade anything else. To be honest, I learned how to trade with crypto immediately upon trying to invest. I found TD Ameritrade very difficult to use. I feel bad. I mean, I'm sure they're not the only one, but they're the one I use in my store all the time because they're the only brokerage I've ever used. So no shade to TD Ameritrade about you're doing your best, but it was inefficient and simple Google search trying to find other options found crypto. It fit. Um, it shows up in my own astrology as like a really volatile interest in finance that I did not know what that meant when I was looking as a kid at that in my chart. But now I see that's how it played out. So I can see myself in like no other market, basically. Oh, that's fascinating. So you see in your own natal chart how crypto and finance are are kind of like an interest of yours, basically. Yes. I grew up as an actor doing like theater and film for the first 18 years of my life. And I went to NYU Tisch for acting. Then I transferred into philosophy. But I always thought I'd be an actor. I didn't know you could be a professional astrologer until I was like 14, 15. And then it was in the back of my mind all that time is like, maybe you do want to do that. But I saw based on my astrology at a young age, hyper-focused on money and finance, and especially in an area of the chart that deals with debt, taxes, investing, like the transmission or exchange of money, not just holding goods. So that made no sense to me. I mean, I, I didn't ever think I would marry well or something along those lines. Like, I don't know. I did, was very confused about how that would show up. And then find crypto, find Bitcoin, and immediately it's like, oh, this is why there's such an emphasis on this in your chart. Okay. So that that you're talking about your eighth house. I am. I have an eighth house, uh, Leo Stellium, all opposite Uranus in the second house. So. Oh, okay. Okay. So listeners probably have heard me talk about how I used to be a yoga instructor. And yes, when you are in that world, you get very steeped in astrology very quickly. So I I know probably a little bit more what Maren's talking about maybe than the average listener. <laughs> so something that fascinates me is I have always wondered if there are long-term planetary transits that explain the general rise of crypto over the last 13 years. And if so, what are they? And what do they say about the role that crypto will play in the history of civilization? The major one that astrologers often point to, and then I corroborate, is Uranus entering Taurus. Uranus is in Taurus from 2017 until about 2024. It's a seven-year transit because Uranus is a slow-moving planet in compared to other things. And Uranus is a planet that was literally discovered by a guy being struck by lightning at the time. So it emphasizes revolutions, great innovation, the breakdown or destabilization of structures in a genius or innovative way. It's not like psychological crisis. It's not really, um, it, it's, it's more of like sudden genius and innovation is what Uranus is. It's rebellious and it's innovative. And Taurus is a fixed earth sign. It corresponds to the time of year of literal spring, middle of spring. It is a very fertile, natural resources, grounded energy. So when we think of the planet of revolution, rebellion, innovation in a tangible earth sign that deals with the sheer value of existence, personally, I think of agriculture and the food industry. I think of property and real estate, and I think of finance and currency. And even before understanding crypto, I knew that Uranus and Taurus would probably bring a lot of decivilization to supply chains and the way in which we like just transport goods and services. I didn't have the words for it, but that is essentially what crypto is, is the decentralization of the transmission of value. So that transit is until about 2024. And the high point, like the really big climax of this is starting in January 2022, but the peak of the peak will be spring 2023 
when the North Node, which is the eclipse point that represents ambition and obsession and a lot of drive towards, will be in this sign as well, as will Jupiter in 2023, which is a planet of growth and expansion and wisdom. So frankly, 2023, when Uranus, which is like revolution, the North Node, which is exacerbating or ambition, and Jupiter, which is wisdom and um, adventure, kind of an explorative energy, when those three are all together in 2023, I see just a metaverse, like maybe cyber pandemic, internet of things, like government, I see all those things, kind of this like, what did we just wish for when it's like this budding asset class of tech that I see really, really coming to a high point in 2023 of things that I'm, I hate to say unpredictable because that is a cop out. What I do is predicting. I just struggle to find the words for something that is by its nature unsubstantiated and never having happened before, but something extremely, extremely innovative with the supply of things in regards to like government structures and frankly with the World Economic Forum recently talking about cyber pandemics and how blockchain and CBDCs will likely be related to interconnectivity of crises. I think that sounds a lot like what will come in 2023 along with the really awesome stuff in DeFi and gaming and whatever. So another thing I'm so curious about what you do is that in astrology for a person, typically what uh, we'll look at is what's called the natal chart, which is based off of the birth time and place for that person, right? So, you know, the city they were born in and then the time of day uh, on their birthday. For a crypto asset, how do you determine what the birth time and place is? Is it like when the white paper is published or is it when the person who uploaded uh, the white paper where they were based in the world or like when is it when the network goes live or like how are you figuring that out? Yeah, for Bitcoin, we have Bitcoin's Genesis block because that is the first initiation of Bitcoin into the world. And for any particular entity or asset, it can differ depending on the way that it's launched and the nature of the project. But it's the most the most initiatory or launch-based event that literally allowed it to live in the world. So for Bitcoin, that is its genesis block. For some 2017 projects, it's their ICO date. And for other things, it can be as well when like literally if a company was founded and didn't have a token, it's when the token was like literally created, you know, and I don't know how you create tokens. Like I said, I trade these things. I don't know. I don't know anything about tech. So generally, if I'm unsure about it because it's not listed as like ICO date and time here, I do consult people who are developers who can go back on GitHub and look at, you know, when that began. But it's whatever the most initiatory event was, which for Bitcoin is the Genesis block and for other things might be an ICO, can also be the white paper if that was literally the first thing out and there was going to be a token and this allowed people to start being aware of that. That's what I look for. And then what about, because, you know, like I said, for a person, it's also where you were born on the planet. Do you not use location or do you use it? And if so, how do you determine what that is? If there is a location, I'll use it. There is a challenge of like Bitcoin. We don't know who exactly or where exactly they were in the world. I have a UTC time, but that, I mean, the the rising sign, which is very relative to minutes, will change drastically depending on if they're East Coast, West Coast, Europe, Asia. So we don't have a location for something like Bitcoin, which does play into the specificity of what we can say. Because there are some charts like Solana's, which I keep private and proprietary for now, that I do have an exact date, time, and location because of where the developers and founders were in the world, that I can be more specific. Um, Other projects like Phantom, for example, had validators and nodes around the world go live at the same time. So that also doesn't have a location. So uh, if we have it, we use it. If not, you can make do just without some of the specificity. 
Okay. So in a moment, we're going to talk a little bit more about how you do what you do and then go into some projections. But first, a quick word from the sponsors who make this show possible. Did you know that exchanges take up to a 25% cut on your staking rewards? But you don't need an exchange to stake. You can run a validator at home. Join thousands of solo stakers, get an Avado device, plug it in, deposit your stake, and earn the full reward. Avado created the best hardware and specific software to stake and keeps your validator on the latest version through auto-updates. One-time investment, 100% profit. Go to Avado. That's A-V-A dot D-O. Join over 10 million people using Crypto.com, the easiest place to buy, earn, and spend over 150 cryptocurrencies. Spend your crypto anywhere using the Crypto.com Visa card. Get up to 8% cash back instantly, plus 100% rebates for your Netflix, Spotify, and Amazon Prime subscriptions. Download the Crypto.com app now and get $25 with the code LAURA. Link in the description. There's a new cryptocurrency made for mobile that you can earn by downloading the Nodal Cash app. It's free, easy to use, and there's no hardware to buy. The Nodal Cash app allows you to earn crypto whether you're on the go, stuck in traffic, or even while you're sleeping. Nodal Cash is the crypto you earn 24-7. Go to nodal.io slash unconfirmed to get started today. That's N-O-D-L-E dot I-O slash unconfirmed. Back to my conversation with Marin. So once you have this chart, then just explain for readers what you're doing when you do give projections for what will happen to a crypto asset. I like to say that T or astrology, I like to say that astrology is TA for all of reality because we're looking at patterns, certain alignments and certain sequences and seeing the correlation between those. So instead of candlesticks, we're looking at the angle between planets. And in astrology, generally, there's different kinds of charts. But as a Western tropical astrologer, um, I actually emphasize Hellenistic Greek astrology. I don't really practice modern psychological. I do a lot of like Greek techniques. But we're using a circle chart where all the planets are positioned around the Earth. And as you move the time forward or back, the planets will all move at different speeds. And the planets repeatedly go in and out of angles with one another. Sometimes a planet here will make a 90 degree angle with a planet here. Sometimes they'll be opposite, making a 180 degree angle. And you can have two natal charts where it multiplies that by two, where you're looking at the angles of the moving planets with the stagnant chart on the inside and seeing how this might square this. It's essentially looking at the angles between planets and how that changes as planets move relative to a stagnant chart. So we're think, looking at a whole lot of angles and it's very, um, it, it reminds you of logic class or logical equations where this in this relation to this equals this. And over time, when you multiply all of that um, data, it gives us a really good indicator of what is to come. This is fascinating. All right. So now let's talk about what is to come. We'll go through projections, I guess, for the end of the year and then maybe into early 2022. Let's start with Bitcoin, obviously the biggest and the original crypto asset. Yeah. Most of my work does center around Bitcoin because even though other coins can have charts, they will always fall under the context of Bitcoin. I like to say that you can look at the chart of a baby, but uh, to know if it's going to have a great life or not at that point, you probably want to look at the parents' charts and see if they're you know doing well. So there's context and hierarchy there. But for Bitcoin, I know that we recently just had a correction um, around November 19th, 20th, and that was expected as there was a lunar eclipse. 
And I have some really great traders that are having a lot of a bearish bias and think that we will get a complacency bounce and then go back down. I myself do not think that we are done yet or I myself do not think that November into December is going to be bearish. I do see us having a run up again into November 26th to 30th is a pretty bullish time. So I do think that there's a possibility to get back into the high 60s to mid 70s K all time high, uh, early December, especially by December 4th, around December 4th, there is a solar eclipse, which is a new moon. And Bitcoin tends to have pivots on the new moon where it goes from an uptrend to a local downtrend. So I see a local downtrend starting on December 4th until the 18th, likely, um, then an uptrend from the 18th to the 30th. And on the 30th, we have the exact same planetary alignment happening that we did in May that corresponded with the really severe crash. And I do see the argument that we're probably going to have intermittent cycles of Bitcoin rather than a blow off top that the it literally looks like an equity style curve. And I think that capital is too all over the place to validate a blow off top at this point anymore. So I'm not too concerned with these massive corrections leading to multi-year bear markets anymore. Uh, it's possible. And if so, great, I can accumulate. Like if it's volatility, I'll trade it either way. But I do see a major correction. And I mean, I practice stoicism. Like I'm, I'm like, okay, we'll short this shit. Like, great. Uh, so I do see a pretty major correction end of year. I- I'm cautious around the 24th. There's something starting around then that look unfavorable. Really, really cautious from the 30th into the new year. I think that early 2022, um, I don't doubt that Bitcoin will reach 100K. I just think it's going to have a massive correction before that in the early part of next year. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm sure you're aware that Plan B uh, did have some projections that for November, it was like minimum 98K. And I think for December, it was 135. But so you don't see us kind of getting there. No, and I follow him and like really respect his calls. Uh, I don't even see he's getting to 98K uh, by end of year. I think 75, 80K is reasonable. I've said 80 to 100K is where I think was possible. And as we get closer, it gets closer to about 80K just by time. He, I hope he proves me wrong. Like my bat, my bottle staff would like it, but I can't pretend that I see that happening based on what I, what I see. Yeah. Okay. And let's talk about Ethereum, which during this time frame that we're kind of discussing will be, you know, in the lead up to Ethereum too. So it's kind of, going to be an interesting time. So what do you see there? Funny enough, and I guess this universe works in very obvious yet mysterious ways, Ethereum's chart is almost the exact inverse of Bitcoin's. The placements are literally often 180 degrees across the sky, which means that because of the way that 180 degree angles work, if something is, as- is an aspect to Bitcoin, it's in the same literal aspect uh, flipped to the other side with uh, Ethereum. So I think that go like it's super easy to do astrology on one and the other. I mean, some days will be better for one or the other, but if something is squaring something in Bitcoin's chart, it is squaring something in Ethereum's. This is more technical, but if something is at a hundred twenty degree angle, a favorable one to Bitcoin, it's in a sixty degree angle to Ethereum, which is also favorable. So, I see the exact same trend. In fact, I see the end of year. The end of year difficulties uh, will involve a Venus retrograde as well, conjunct Pluto directly on top of Ethereum's moon, which is pretty, pretty like, whoa, 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 whoa. So I do see naturally that Ethereum would correct harder if we do have a match of correction. And it does look like that. 
Okay. Yeah. And just to explain for people, a square is kind of like a tension point or it's, yes. um, yeah, it's not, it's not like, it's a kind of a more negative energy. So obviously those are the two biggest coins, but are there any other coins that you would want to talk about? I personally, off the top of my head, will not really ever be able to remember any other coins astrology because I do look at it before I enter trades. But because I day trade so often, similar to clients that I have ongoing, it's kind of just like the, the I, I'm not going to be able to remember any other coins charts. So if I pull it up, like sometimes I do YouTube live streams and I'll take a look at it there. But um, besides those two, because they're so context dependent, I don't feel the need to really, um, you know, I have my HODL coins that I'm like, you know, this is over there. And then for day trades, if it's a project with enough confluence behind it, I'll look at the chart. Uh, but not off the top of my head, anything I can say, respectively. If I try to recall, I'll probably say the opposite sign. So, yeah. Okay. So what's your projection for how regulation will affect the development of crypto over the next year or so? I think that... In a way, regulation is always bullish because it means more adoption and more eyes on the space. I do think that CBDCs, central bank digital currencies of countries, is not only inevitable, but like literally in progress. Um, I know people working on chains that are in talks, not even in talks, like working with governments. And I know uh, that protocols are literally being launched both in CBDC context and Internet of Things context. Uh, and government regulation, I mean... I wouldn't say I'm anti-regulation, but a lot of it is arbitrary and meant to just, I'm not like a fan of generally the arbitrariness of it, but I do see it likely happening, especially in the United States. I do see a a really significant financial upheaval from 2022 to 2023, starting in February of next year, but really having hits in July and October that do look like they will incorporate crypto given the nature of the transformative quality of how I see the crises happening, that likely there is a great, like, there has to be a, like, the, the, the S&P cannot go up forever. Like, literally, we need, there, there will be a time when things, the music stops. And I see that crypto will probably have a role of prominence during that uh, as more and more people wake up to, like, not wanting to be subject to, like, the, I don't know, fiat's instability. Um, so I do see regulation as inevitable. Long term, I like the sentiment behind any government comment on crypto and any attempt to do anything with it is a good sign in, in the context of, like, wanting adoption. Um, and I think that likely we'll hear about CBDCs and I mean, they're being built and we'll hear about, I mean, obviously more attempts at like taxation and trying to regulate that as best they can. Okay. So out of curiosity, do you feel that giving away your insights will change people's behavior and thus kind of like remove your alpha when it comes to your own trades? I have a lot of people wondering this and asking this and Astrology, I like to describe as the clock on the wall that is telling you that it's 3 p.m., but not making it 3 p.m. So it's not really a causal force that we can ever work with or against. And it's not really something that is like one factor of many. It's more of a mirror that we can try to like dust off and see ourselves and what's happening best in. And that's why I'm not really concerned at all about sharing these things because, for example, I could say there's a really unfavorable day for Bitcoin coming up. I think the price is really going to take a downturn. I'm preparing for a short entry. I could have a lot of people being like, oh, I'm going to counter trader and have a long entry. Then all of a sudden there's like China FUD or some bullshit that is not related to like active traders that will represent this like bad news in the market. So 
in more ways than one, there's like not really a way to try to get around the fact that not every market condition can just be described by like retail bias. And for one, I don't even have a large enough audience, even if it was a causal force to technically influence the market. Um, I have some friends that work at like, I don't know, SIGDEV, like platforms where they do sentiment analysis for influencers and see what they influence. I've never been able to do that with Bitcoin. For some other coins, I have seen it with like meme coins and shit that I like Doge or whatever. But with uh, Bitcoin, I, I don't like my even one really amazing trader with millions of followers probably doesn't have the the size or the accumulated size of an audience to change the market. So I'm actually not too concerned. Uh, people get worried about moon phases all the time because moon phases are the easiest swing trade ever every two weeks. And uh, I myself, you know, I've shared that a lot. And the 85% hit rate that I've back tested is like, okay, so I'm not actually concerned. All right. Well, this has been so interesting. And just last question out of curiosity, do you offer special services to like crypto traders or whatever, where you will do a reading for them on, uh, you know, kind of their trades or I I don't know, I, I just feel like that could be its own business. I used to, I used to see so many clients and that's how I got the capital to start trading in the first place. Now I do keep up some like, like I literally used to, when I joined TikTok summer 2020, it was like three to five hour long clients a day for astrology consultations. Uh, that was the only capital I really had because social media doesn't really make you like anything. So um, I did used to like work my ass off and see so many clients. And now that capital got me into doing trades. And I still do like ongoing advising and consultancy to if like companies or professionals want ongoing timing and work around when to do things. I do do that, but I no longer see one-off clients just given the um, the delivery and like how to categorize my time. Okay. All right. Well, this has been so fascinating. I love it that you were able to come on the show finally, because I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Thank you so much for coming on Unconfirmed. Thank you. I appreciate your knowledge in astrology. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about Marin, be sure to check out the links in the show notes. Unconfirmed is produced by me, Laura Shin, with help from Anthony Yoon, Mark Murdoch, and Daniel Ness. Thanks for listening.